0: I am Jane Dutton. I'm with you today. And for the rest of the week, I'm standing in for Rele Bohile. It's very good to have you with us. We are talking about, well, fascinating topic today. We're talking ethics. Are we ethically sound or are we challenged? I would love to hear from you, your thoughts on this. You know that you can call us at any time. Our lines are open 11 You can also tweet me on at Radio 702 using the hashtag 702 Afternoons or you can email me on 702afternoons at 702.co.za or you can SMS us. So do get in touch. It's a it's a, a big topic. And I know that um, ethics, you know, it refers to rules provided by an external source. Such as a code of conduct in a workplace and morals refer to an individual's principles regarding right and wrong. Two of those things easily confused, but things that we should aspire to. So I shall introduce my guests to you. Janet Minau, founding director of Pro Ethics, Percy Vilakazi, T V writer and writer and producer, Buddy G. Buho, Very good afternoon to all of you and welcome. Thank you. Good afternoon. Thank you. It's a big topic, Janet. Uh, Tell us about why we're talking about this. It's our masterclass. We want to delve into your findings because you've spent a a certain amount of time looking into this project titled Reimagining South Africa, which is aimed at addressing some of our nation's most pressing challenges and what seems to be um, underpinning that is ethics. Correct. Thank you.
1: So, the group that is represented here today is a is a group that was put together in a Henley PGDip program. And, and part of that, they have to complete an action learning project. And they chose the topic, reimagining South Africa differently. Um, and I just coincidentally happened to be the lecturer teaching ethics on, on a particular day. Um, and that's how I got involved. They were so passionate about sharing and learning and going forth. And initially, they even thought might not be the good, right topic and then in their research and interviews with the man on the street and business people and polit- politicians and they realize the need for that um, and and they, they'll tell you more about some of their conclusions and where they're at and from my perspective as, as a person I'm actually an advocate um, which in itself presents its own challenges as you can imagine um, why would an, an advocate conundrum all the time <laughs> there you go <laughs> So, and I realize no number of laws or policies can save us if we're not inherently ethical and choose to be so every day
0: Mm.
1: as citizens. And and that's what they'll be talking about a little bit more today.
0: All right. So, uh, before I talk to um, the the other two about what you've worked with, Percy and Buddy, uh, just tell us how you would define ethics. What does it mean? For you so i listened to
1: what you said jane and i agree to an extent so what we say is morals are slightly different from mm. ethics morals is based on personal principles of what one likes and dislikes and it's not necessarily about right and wrong something like a tattoo is mm. a tattoo right or wrong using alcohol if you're 18 years old is that right or wrong gambling and all the other things that you can imagine those are moral choices in south africa we took a decision also, when we became a democracy and we decriminalized some stuff that was illegal, mm. abortion, gambling, those types of things. So, as long as something is legal, it's a moral choice when one normally is 18 years or older. How, so, that's, that's a like, dislike, my personal background, choices, religion, culture, all of those things impact on one's morale, Morale or rather moral compass, any way one would like to look at that. Whereas ethics and values are based on an external norm and standards Mm -hmm. that are in fact measurable. We can sort of agree on what it means to be respectful or honest or transparent or take responsibility when things go wrong or be accountable or answerable to others. So we use ethical standards in the workplace as the barometer by which we judge whether a person's behavior is actually right or wrong
0: Percy yeah what does it mean for you what is your own personal experience when it comes to this well strange I think, concept
2: yeah well <laughs> firstly it's it's difficult to not um, quote um, dr. Annette because she's our lecturer and you spent so much time with her and um, in researching this topic and, and finding out oh. what it means to us I think for us, it's really, and I mean for myself rather, because mm. I think it, it, it's um, people who have different interpretations. It's really about doing the, the right thing all the time, even when no one is watching. It's doing something good mm. all the time. It's what is expected of us to do.
3: Buddy, Yeah, thank you. So basically for me, ethics is pretty simple. It, it's what you choose what do you choose um, in terms of your direction, the direction you wish you're going to take, right? So if you can either go right or left, but right? there is no in-between when it comes to ethics. It's a personal choice. It's about choosing what's right from wrong, right? Um, it's about honesty, integrity, respect, fairness, inclusion, being compassionate about another person. If you're feeling like something is wrong, let's just take it back to the basic level, right? Um, as people, we... We are taught morals and we have got our own values as we're growing up. And some of these things get to be bled as we grow up, maybe because of certain things that we want to get as we are growing up. Um, However, I think it's pretty simple if you just go back to the basics. Ethics means doing the right thing all the time.
0: Uh, Interesting that you said how things change. I mean, I think it's a bit like morals. It's kind of, if you don't like these, I've got others that
3: sort of thing isn't it yeah as long as it suits me
0: <laughs> no, as long as it's good and and what did you focus on in this research uh, percy what were the what were the fundamentals
2: well um we we first looked at um so w- when we first got into this topic it was just reimagining south africa and that's a that's a big topic mm-hmm. how do you reimagine south africa where do you begin so we started with um the state of the nation address from the past few years I think four years um we looked at what the um, the World Bank was saying. We looked at what um what South Africa's positioning was, and there were consistent themes that came up all the time um, corruption, is one of those themes uh-huh. um crime and violence um and incapable state. So we got into that research, and as we delved deeper into the research, we found out that there's one underlying consistent theme that Um, I suppose, puts us or that has left us in the position that we're in, and that is um, ethical leadership. Um, Whether you are in a position of government or as a private um, citizen, because it's easy for us to say that um, government officials are corrupt, but it it doesn't happen on its own. You know, there's participation from private um, citizens that that happens. So Mm. we are Part of the problem. So then, the solution that we we researched was then what can we do? Because you can't influence policies; it would take one hundred and fifteen years. And then the solution for us was that we need to introduce ethic ethical behaviour in primary schools. And um, there are certain countries that that already do that. The Scandinavian countries. Um, um, there's I think Japan. Um, there's Finland. Um, who have implemented ethics as part of their syllabus in schools. And so that I is our that's approach. That's smart, isn't it? That is our yeah.
0: approach, yeah. Mm. And, and you realize, I mean, you're talking about corruption and how it's not just, you, you're not just born with it and how it, it's such a slippy slope. I mean, when I, when I came back to South Africa, listen, there's corruption everywhere, everywhere right? But well, mm. I lived in the Middle East and... They're a little bit more draconian when it comes to that. I mean, even though it's rampant there, obviously, um, it, it's not as obvious as, as you see it here in this country. It's not everywhere. And, and it starts, uh, Janet, with, uh, for example, somebody coming over to give you a fine. And you, you are revolted, but you do it anyway. That's the beginning, isn't it? The beginning of the end <laughs> for your corruption. Um, and it's as simple as that. Yeah, and I
1: always, when I teach in classes, I always say, these are the things that other people do, <laughs> bribing <laughs> traffic officials, etc. But then I also mention that South Africa happens to have the highest death toll on our roads. And is there then a link between this immorality and mortality? Oh. And do we Elaborate. think, yeah, do we think of the consequences of corruption in that way and in that respect? So there's so much. Oh, we, I see.
0: Oh, as in you would.
1: You're contributing to what's happening on our roads, the oh, carnage. Pay off
0: because you're drunk
1: Correct. or and, buy and a, your license. Yeah, and the person just carries mm. on driving recklessly because there are no real consequences. Mm. And in the end, officials are corrupted because they see it as a second income. So, I mean, it's a—it's it's exactly as Percy said, it, it takes at, at least two actors to do corruption and both parties would be, you know, guilty of the same offence. People don't always realise that. The moment you pay that cash, you're committing a criminal offence. Um, in South Africa, just on on our government and the role, we've done mm. a lot. Um, thinking of the, the, the one of the latest bodies, you know, NCAC, you know, the Advisory Council, National Advisory Council, Council Against Corruption, or Anti-Corruption Council, Advisory Council. And Professor Fares Kahaliha, C- who chairs, uh, said it so accurately, said, yes, of course, um, we need to see the prosecutions. We need to see the investigations where people are, bef- you know, are, are accused of wrongdoing or corruption. Mm. But in the end, it's more than that. It's also being preventative. And that's where the ethics comes in. If we can teach those principles at a young age, we can start installing, you know, so it, it, they'd be more incorruptible if that's possible. Mm. So it's not so easy to just give in or follow what everyone else is. No one will get hurt. This is just the way we do business in South Africa. Mm. Unless I do this, I can't get a job. Or can't get a driver's license. So we want to, and he also recommends a participative, you know, approach, and not just sit back as citizens of the country and private businesses and so and say, "What is government doing?" But mm-hmm. what can we do? How can we contribute? And and that's why I love what the group has come up with. And and yeah. okay, well, tell
0: us more about what you've come up with. Yeah,
3: so I've rigorous research, and uh, <laughs> obviously <laughs> speaking to a whole lot of people including uh, Dr. Minar here. So they gave us some insightful points. So as we were busy doing our research, um, we had many ideas uh, that we could have taken and that we could have tried to implement. But like what Bonga has said, it will take years and years to implement. But if we take the low-hanging fruit, something that is easier to grab, you know, something that will be the simplest and the most approachable form in which we can make the positive impact. So hence we came up with ethics. So ethics, it's, it's simpler. Mm. Uh, you just have to make the right choice. We just have to create this awareness to remind everybody that, hey, we, there is consequences for unethical behavior. So hence, we want to start small from uh, primary going up to everybody. We like to point to the government to say they are the most corrupt people. But it starts with me and you. There, there has to be a corrupt and corruptee for corruption to happen. So that's why it's very important that we instill ethics at a very early age. And that's what you really—I um, think—that's the point that you're trying to make.
0: And your findings. So, uh,
2: the the crazy thing is that um, we interviewed tons of people. We interviewed how many? Jeez, <laughs> many. I, I, I can't think of the number, right? But we had um, we had government ministers. We had. Um, um, ordinary citizens. We interviewed teachers. We interviewed policemen. I'm um, just really trying to to find out what causes the problems that we are experiencing in South Africa. Um, so, one of the interesting um, interviews that um, that I had with, uh, with a very prominent minister, I was very fascinated to learn that she. So the assumption is that. Everyone in government is corrupt; they enjoy um, whatever it is that they're, that they're doing. but what I found was that I mean, certainly from the interviews that that actually might not be the case. you know I think people find themselves stuck in a system um, that they cannot get out of so by uh, the and time sorry how much of that is denial um, I'm sure there's a fair amount of it'm sure there's a fair amount of it but mm. um in in trying to find solutions of what we can do as as ordinary South Africans, I think the um, the idea was, was shared by, by many of the people that we interviewed mm-hmm. that um, if young kids are taught how to behave from a very young age, um, I think it's behavioral ethics, behavioral ethics yeah. If, if, if we are taught how to behave from a young age, it, there's probably little hope for our age group because we're much older now. But I think for the younger generation, if we can try and and fix and influence those things now, uh, there's hope for better tomorrow. So what we have done um, as part of our um, implementation and finding solutions, we put together a company called Ethics Matters, um, and we are primarily uh, focusing on schools. So we've distributed... um, posters to high schools and primary schools that just guide pupils on what ethics are, the A to Z of ethics. And the the most surprising thing was how welcoming the principals were. I mean, uh, we went to Greenside High School, which had a 100% pass rate, number one in the district. And to have a school like that welcoming the material that we were bringing, because that matched the ethos of the school. So it tells us that... People are ready for for this kind of change. They're ready for for behavioral change.
0: I can understand that. I mean, people are desperate, aren't they? They're desperate for good news. Anything that we can hold on to, that will make this a better place to to live in. And I would love to hear from anybody uh, who's listening. I mean, we've had a couple of comments about corruption and the utter incompetence and and all of that um, under the ANC government. But I'd love to hear from you listening what your thoughts are on this, how it plays out at school, what you've seen uh, when it comes to your children and their relationships. You can give us a call on 011. Gosh, it's terrible, isn't it? You have to put your glasses on even to read that. And it's like font 16. 11 702 You can also WhatsApp me on 72 702. Masterclass. So we're talking about ethics. And uh, we've discussed how it plays out in government levels, the consequences, which and I'd like to go back to that because I should imagine that that's important. When it comes to schools, how do you get schools excited about this when some schools are struggling to feed their kids? That's a very good question, Jane. Um, I think
1: I think one needs to separate the two issues and realise that corruption contributes to poverty, to resources being misallocated, to basic services not being rendered. Um, One example, a community has to buy water from a private company at exorbitant prices because the municipality fails to provide those sort of basic human rights. You know, um, education resources that are not allocated. Children that have to share desks Mm. and all those basic things we know about. So, if we start thinking about the future and how our children can contribute to that, you know, I think that in itself, we always say we make the case Mm. for ethics and for ethics training. And so, what we do at Pro Ethics is we promote professional ethics in all sectors of society: public sector, private sector, MPOs, NGOs. So. To us, that's our commitment to make South Africa better. And it's it's interesting always through all the years that I've te- taught ethics, people are hungry for it and they're quite ready. And we also think that we can't change people, but we can at least, we say we empower, we educate and we inspire. Mm. So hopefully, and I, I believe for that, for Ethics Matters, that it's an MPO and that it will be an organization or a vehicle that will bring information that inspires, for example, schools and they're excited to get this free of charge and I think of my uh, one example that just quickly you know, for younger generation, my son uh, my my sons are grown and we're having a a chat at dinner table and the one brother was telling the others how this one gentleman at the club where he stays helped him to jump start his car, la la la, and he's so great at this guy, and the elder brother who happens to have a law degree said to
0: him hey bro that's basic human decency, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and yes, but but we get shocked by, yeah, it, don't yeah. we? I mean, as you were talking, I was just thinking. So, my mum lives on the Val River, and there's this water letters invasion, and everywhere you look now, it's just it's just it's it's the most shocking thing, and it feels like corruption and and the rot that's in this country feels like that water. You look at it, and there are no gaps. So we've got to chip away, don't we? We've got to make some gap so you can get some breathing yeah. space and then go, yo, that is, what, what did you say? <laughs> exactly. That's common decency. We've got, to, we've got to raise the level of common decency, exactly. don't we? Yeah. And, and it is, I mean, so how do you get children excited about something like this? Is it something they go, oh, that's so boring. We want to rather talk about TikTok and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, so,
3: so, so funny enough, um, we came up with way, so the A to Z Words of, of ethics, of being uh, being honest. Um, kids, as, as kids grow up, they, 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 they are built from the structures that we create, right? So if starting from home, people know that, hey, what you're doing here is wrong. People get excited about doing the right thing because it's embedded in us. It's embedded in us to be good. So I know kids will be excited about playing little games based on the words that we have. I can see kids... Um, I'm holding that poster from time to time, as maybe the teachers are saying, just how are we going to do this today, kids? Um, which word are we going to be putting our lessons on today? And we can go home and teach our parents, teach our our brothers and sisters out there, just to uh, to make sure that this campaign about ethical behaviour moves on
0: and it and goes some uh, road. I'm I'm to hold off th- there for just a minute. We've got a caller on the line who's been holding on for a bit longer who wants to talk about the social economic system getting in the way of ethics. Lunga, go ahead.
4: Hey, guys. uh, Interesting topic. Um, I've actually had the the fortunate experience to visit one of these countries in in the likes of Japan, and you can see the impact that it has in terms of four-year-olds being able to use the underground system and the entire society being able to factor into raising these kids. But the issue that I think we have as a country is the fact that Mm -hmm. one... Um, we are very unequal as a society and more often than not doing the right thing is never to your benefit when you get to see those who do cut corners, those who do kind of walk in the grey area succeed and then you ask yourself If I'm coming from a a place where I have very little, is me doing the right thing gonna work out for my survival? Not just from a point of privilege, just in terms of will I be able to feed my family if I don't do ABC, if I don't do a young kickback here? Not to earn millions, just so that my mom or my dad are able to eat tonight. So how do we factor that in, especially when um, the kid can grow up in that environment and they get to see the two opposites. They get to see a world where they know that they're struggling for supper tonight, but right next door, the gangster or the corrupt individual is driving their M3 and whatnot, and they know very well how they got there.
1: Thank you for that. So my standard answer would be two wrongs. Unfortunately, don't make a right. We as humans have the ability to rationalise and to justify behaviour and it's exactly that what we want to teach to young children already to say acting out of self interest is never to the good of others. Ethics is about doing what's right, good, fair, considering the interests of others, being responsible and as a professional upholding the known standards in one's industry for example as a lawyer or a doctor or medical professional. What is interesting if you look at countries long ago like um, Hong Kong and Singapore, they were able to turn the tide around and more recently, Rwanda and Indonesia. So it is possible. And I think there's always hope. I like your example, Jane, like, you know, those hyacinths and they're just growing and you don't see the light. But um, it's the same as me. You know, I'm fighting corruption. I sometimes do feel pro-ethics is doing it on our own, but we're not. There are young people like like these students and and it is. It just gives me the world of encouragement, Mm. and I feel this is where we take it. We get the next generation and the next generation, and they all stand up and say, enough is enough. Let's, let's commit, and it is about where we started, a personal choice that we make daily.
0: Uh, we've got the news headlines, but, you know, going back to the Hyacinth, the water letters, what, what amazed me was how everybody got together. I didn't know there were so many people who were like, yeah, let's do this thing. So let's, let's uh, do this thing when it comes to ethics, but first let's get the headlines. Uh, we've got some voice notes. Let's listen into those.
5: Hi oh, there. So I'm busy listening to uh, the show now at the moment. Great show, guys. Thanks as always. Um, just with regards to corruption in South Africa, um, completely disagree with some of the gentlemen talking here today, saying that corruption um, it starts with us. I think that's absolutely shocking. Um, and then when asked the gentleman how many people did you interview, he can't give you a number. So was it two? Was it ten? Was it five? No one really knows. So I mean, it's it's very much wishy-washy, I'm sorry, I completely disagree. Us as South Africans know, we know that government is corrupt. We know that it is absolutely rotten to its core. There are so many people that do business so backwards in South Africa. It's this underhand, you grease me, I grease you, Um, you know, this this African mentality of um, what can you do for me. Um, To 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 make you progress or succeed. I'm sorry. I completely disagree. It's not Corruption has got nothing to do with us as individuals as as citizens Yes, there are people that are corrupt. Yes, there are people that do um, Dodgy deals, but at the end of the day, it's so blatant in, in government. It's so blatant that business does business gets done on such a corrupt level And I'm sorry, I I disagree. I don't think it's got anything to do with with us as citizens.
6: Absolutely agree. Um, I've seen with kids that are in school um, how they are disrespectful and how they bully friends and how they they, um, talk to one another. I think that has a lot to do with ethics as well I mean if you can be disrespectful to your peers and um, to your teachers, um, you're disrespectful to your parents at home and I was brought up where if you could tell a lie you could steal and that is that is a given and it starts at home as well so we can't always hold the school responsible for the children's behaviour Parents should also be um, aware of ethics and it should also be be taught at home. So, whatever the schools are going to implement, it's great, all means, but there has to be um, support from the parents' side as well.
4: Hi, good day Jenny. Isn't that ethics should guide you to understand both what is right and what is wrong, instead of trying to treat ethics as what is right? because we shouldn't confuse unethical behavior to ethics or ethical behavior to ethics. Thanks, David.
0: Oh, some lovely messages <laughs> there. And before you respond, I, I can see all three of you desperate to, to answer some of those uh, issues raised. Let's bring in Maxwell. He's on the line. He's been holding on for a bit. Maxwell, what would you like to say? Good afternoon.
7: Good afternoon, Jane, and uh, happy Valentine's to you and your guest.
0: Thank you. Back uh,
7: Ethics, uh, Jane. It's very complicated because yesterday one of my daughter was racially abused and called K-word and the P-word in Africans. So it's an African institution. I understand, but I was a little bit happy about the manner the school is ending the situation where I met the uh, mother of the 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 the, the abuser. So there was a lot of things that was going on in their house, whether facing divorce and so, so it was a little bit an excuse why this boy behaves in such a manner towards my daughter. So in a way, I did let it go because I was feeling sympathy as a parent, so that no, let it be the school that ended this situation within them. I must not take it further because I can see that the the young mother and the, the child, they might be having something behind the scenes that maybe might affect that. But I was not happy about the racial situation. But be as it may, I think uh, discipline needs to come from both parents and the uh, and, uh, school but the school is very difficult because if in your house you don't teach such things then the school it will be very difficult to handle that situation and thank you so much for taking my call
0: thank you maxwell
1: thank you very much for that comment i think it's a very balanced comment and i just love to hear the compassion and the understanding that you're showing that's yes. that's one of the characteristics of an ethical person so thanks for the tolerance um interesting um on another note but it's quite I think apt if we look at what is expected of modern day leaders one of the things is how do we attract and retain retain younger generations and the talent that they bring to the table we know that they look at life and at work the workplace differently they want to feel a connectedness they want to have a purpose they want to be able to reconcile their own goals with the goals of the organization that they work for and with Um, And also the balance that a modern day leader needs to have between heart and mind, Mm. the Afrocentric and the Eurocentric. In the past, we had one of the two. We now know that a good leader needs both of those approaches. And what has happened is because of the often integration of a family life and the gentleman who just called in, you know, his story now tests to that and, and what it does in a home and this mother not being able to cope and the child and and leading to to behavior that's just at all levels completely unacceptable, often younger people are trying to find a home at work.
0: Mm.
1: And and we were taught many years ago that you don't bring your personal life to the office and that is changing. People not, need to find a place and connectedness and companies, I teach at companies who have taken it to heart and have realized even financially that it's worth investing in ethics and ethics training at all levels. And the comments that we get from class, I'll never forget one gentleman and it was in a construction industry where they were mechanics and this guy had worked for the company for more than 30 years and at the end he stood up and he said, Dr. Miller, I just want to thank you today. It's the first time in 30 years that my company invested in me to talk about Essex. Gosh. In the, the way they did. And I just thought, how sad. You know, it, uh, I it, wish uh, it was 30 years sad. earlier.
0: But right, we, we've got uh, a little something to listen to, and then we're going to get back to what Chris mm-hmm. said, Percy. You're going to answer him about those corruption comments. I'm great. <laughs> 702. Masterclass. We're talking about ethics in our masterclass. Percy, you said you can't wait to answer. <laughs> yeah, so
2: um, j- just to go back on the number of, of people that we interviewed, I had to check with my um, um, fellow group members who are here in Suri with me. We interviewed just over 50 mm-hmm. people. Um, so we are not here to exonerate the government and to say, you guys are incredible. You've been doing such an amazing job. You are faultless. That's not why we are here. What we are here to say is that we recognize that we have problems but we also have a role to play in the problems that we have but in also eradicating, or minimizing some of those problems. Hence, we are saying to kids, these are the ABCs of um, ethics like um, A for being accountable, B being brave, C have compassion, D have dignity, E show empathy, practical doing words, practical verbs. So we are saying we all have a role to play in making our country a better place. So we, at no point do we say the government is not corrupt. We live in South Africa. Yeah. We have load shedding. Mm. We have many uh, issues.
0: Okay, what if you're devoid of ethics? What if you, you don't really understand how it works? How do you teach your kids? Because one of the comments that came out a little bit, a bit earlier is that it's not up to the school, right? But I, I guess in circumstances like this, it probably would be. Mm-hmm.
3: I think how to tackle that will be, we start small. But we start small and we build up from the accomplishments that we have. Um, we cannot just jump into this train and be like we have been ethical for the past 20 years and all that. We have to start at a point where everybody will start to get comfortable, understand what it means. It's not something that you just you will not be ethical today and tomorrow you forget about it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it should be a lifelong journey.
0: It's like brushing your teeth. Absolutely. But for longer. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's bring in Vincent. He's been waiting on the line as well. Vincent, what is it that you've got to say to us? Hi, everyone. How are you? Good afternoon.
8: Hi, people I'm going to those in the studio. Um, ladies, It's it good to... I just want to give you a short quick, quick uh, story. Nick. I went to an African baseball. Mm. Back back in the 90s, etc. Right? And because my dad was in the force difficult because I think when I came in, we were only two black people there in the old school and it was heavily difficult. So obviously there were incidents there and there and of so course racism, where one then tends to either fuck or go home and deport. So I had parents that were very supportive and I had one friend in that school that stood up for me all the time. So now when you're saying your previous caller mentioned that it's not a school problem, it's a parent problem. Well, I, I, I partially concur, but in this case, I had a, an incident where one of the bullies at school, has, I almost used that funny word but he kept bullying me. And even though I fight it back, they were just, I was just outnumbered. And I ended up t- uh, telling my dad that, you know what, I actually want to take me out of the school because I cannot live like this day in and day out when I go to school in fear. And he said, okay, it's fine. What's happened? I explained to him. He went to the school, spoke to the principal, the principal denied everything. Whereas I've been reporting to them almost every time there's an incident. So then I started now having anger issues where once one of the boys actually went out to our teacher then and said, no, the principal is actually calling him. Where is our guy? And then he came out just around the corners we were going to the principal's office. I I, I heavily slapped him. He fell to the ground away, and I wasn't so we had a fight because he was alone. I managed to win that fight. But it's not a solution because long wise it actually broke me. And it broke me to a point where moving forward I couldn't deal with anger. I couldn't deal with me ending up in prison for bullying. And then so had the principal racism in the school, maybe would have dealt with it differently and I wouldn't have had issues being from that school to another school etc etc and so it's not only a, an
0: issue I can, like i now my vincent i'm going to wrap it up there sorry you're making some interesting points and uh it's a story that i should imagine affects many people in in this country but we have to leave it there because your line keeps breaking up jan would you like to
1: yeah answer? so with pleasure bullying or racist treatment is one of the forms of unethical behavior and the same applies to whether one's exclusive when you're not bringing in someone who speaks a different language oh. or one is snobbish about who I'm, who I'm friends with. If you're not from the same eco- economic background as me, then I'm also not friends with you. So, I mean, there's so there's a myriad of examples. So, at a school level, one would like to teach a child, you know, to be loving and kind. And that's exactly what the ABCs are all about. And just how do I show compassion? How do I have understanding for the needs of others? How can I have courage? When do I need to have courage? Reporting wrongs. Mm. Coming up for the friend who's getting bullied. Um, So there's a dual function. I think that's important to just touch on both parent and the school. Needs to educate. And mm-hmm. the same with us. We all need to. If we have a friend that's doing something that's wrong, speak to your friend. Challenge your friend in a, in a respectful and private way, not mm-hmm. in front of others.
0: And I should imagine it's something we need to tackle soon because it, I, I should imagine it numbs you if you don't live by solid, strong ethics, right? You don't, you don't feel, you don't really see, do you? Yeah. I, I
3: think um, the other way of saying it is you choose not to see. Because it's, it's a personal choice. Um, we choose what we want to do uh, based on if it's going to benefit me or not. So if you are on the other hand of it, and as a victim, obviously you'll be screaming there and you want everybody at least to acknowledge and come to your rescue. But um, yeah, int- interesting, and I, and I really sympathize with the caller. It's things that are happening on, on other people's everyday lives. Um, And and it's a
0: difficult situation. And this is where others must get involved, right? Not only Vincent. I mean, if you see something like this happening, you have to get involved. 100%. And and
2: that's what this is about, that let us all get involved. When you see someone being treated unfairly, get involved. Don't keep quiet. When you see um, a, a fellow classmate who needs something and you're in a position to assist, assist. Um, you know, because when we decide to sit back, we become a big part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you stay on the sideline. So this conversation, in fact, the the entire basis of it is that we've all got to be proactive. We've all got to do something.
0: And it's, it's uh, I mean, I believe in working and bringing people along and making them feel good and giving their com- compliments. And selfishly, that makes you feel good too. Totally. Exactly. Two-way stream there. Exactly. Uh, we've got a voice note from Unfolding. Let's listen to that quickly, please.
3: Hey, good afternoon, Radio Seventy Two. The issue of ethics—it's—it's it's not a complicated issue. The only problem is when people are becoming inconsistent and emotional when making decisions. If uh, I make decisions and you find that in my decision there are errors of emotions because i hate the person where, where i am implementing the decision it 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 it, it compromises the the ethics itself so even if in the issue of government the good system in the government everything is there the only problem is implementation so that's what i can say to you guys thank you
0: and I- implementing is quite interesting going back to the sort of Singapore, Japan. I mean, what what they started with and um, our train system here initially, uh, the heart train, started that sort of incentive. Don't chew, don't stick chewing gum under the, under the chair. I should ma- imagine those are the little things that actually build ups, us up in a nation to a, a stronger, more and better law-abiding society. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, Same as crime, there is no little crime Crime is crime Right, so if if you're not doing the right thing In the beginning um, The chances are that you're going to go on to do a bigger Crime at the end of the day So we have to start somewhere We have to be responsible and accountable Even with the little things
0: So let's do the water, lettuce, hyacinth kind of thing and, And get everyone involved How do people work with you How can they get involved How can they pass on the message What job can they do Um, Well, firstly, as um, Ethics
2: Matters, this NPO that we have, um, our email address is info at Mm -hmm. ethicsmatters.org.za. We are in need of sponsorship so that we can spread the message, so that we can go to schools and um, print these posters and and talk to kids and get more companies involved in, in, in spreading kindness, because that's that's really what it's about. And we are hoping that um, companies will come on board and just walk this journey with us.
0: What could South? I mean, we, you know, when we look at South Africa now, it's a bit, a bit of a depressing picture. What does an ethical society? What does an ethical South African society look like?
1: There's justice, there's freedom, there's fairness for all. All the goals of a true democracy are fully lived to the benefit of all. We all want to do what's right, good and fair. We are by our nature responsible. And that always benefits everyone around us. So if I do good, others will also do good. And so we build a society where people thrive um, and we can all prosper.
2: Interestingly, um, there's um, the anti-corruption strategy that the president spoke about, and there are, I think, six pillars. Um, One of the pillars is active citizenry. And active citizenry means being a participant in your country. It means uh, being a whistleblower. It means speaking out when something is wrong. It means um, it's it's a very big part of being ethical. And, And that's where we are that we are doing our part. We are participating in one of the pillars because, like I said, we can't change what the government is doing, but we can certainly do our part by making the right choices every day.
0: We're going to have to leave it there. Dr. Janet Minar, Percy Vilakazi, Buddy Jibuhu, thank you very much. You're laughing. Did I I get it wrong again? Uh, Buddy. (laughs) Um, what a beautiful surname <laughs> it doesn't look like it's a uh, what a fascinating topic and it's something that we can certainly all buy into and thank you very much for listening I shall see you again tomorrow let's wrap